0: pussies. This is Ronnie. And this is Lindsay. And if you, this is your first 5C2P episode. It is a podcast about witchcraft, spooky things, cartomancy, plants, our cats, and Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> 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 it's basically whatever the fuck we decide to talk about. <laughs> but we're so glad you joined
1: us. Yeah, <laughs> welcome.
0: <laughs> we have a, another great episode today. We... Are going to talk about German coffee cards. Yeah. So if you are a long time listener, you can go all the way back to almost this time last year. Uh, over the summer in 2020, we did a couple of episodes on tarot cards and Lenormand cards. Yeah, we and, did. And yeah, and we mentioned German coffee cards in episode 39 on L- the Lenormand deck, but we didn't have a copy. And now we do. Yeah, now we do.
1: Like, <laughs> by some miracle or some yeah. magic, we have some. Yeah, so we're going to talk all about German coffee cards. It's going to be dope. So cool. So cool.
0: And um, before we end all of that, we're going to...
1: Light the candle. Light our candle. (laughs) Yes. Yes, we are.
0: (laughs) We're still rocking that beautiful candle, gift from a listener. We're so appreciative of it. It's got beautiful little ferns all over it. We're going to give it a light. Yeah, let's do that now. I'm also lighting it with a little matchbook that the listener sent, Darlene, and uh, it's from a bar in Boston, and I miss bars giving out little boxes of matches. Me
1: too. I see them at hotels once in a while now, but... Almost never at bars.
0: I assume it's because you can't smoke inside anymore.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: But yeah, I miss the little boxes or, or m- like matchbooks. I would, you know, everybody lights candles. Fuck it. Just still give me some matches. <laughs> Actually,
1: two bars ago that I worked at, we gave out matchbooks still. That's awesome. Yeah. I Yeah. I just, I I think it's, I, I just, I really like it. <laughs> yeah. We just like left them in the entry and people would grab them.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. exactly.
1: I think it's cool. <laughs> I
0: don't know. Anyway, it's lit and going and beautiful. Yeah. So that means we're ready to go. Here we go. So, Lindsay. <laughs> yes. I want to know how your week is, was, how it's going to be. Sort of like in this like weird spot in our recording where it's been the end of the week, so I want to know how your week is was okay but also we're playing dungeons and dragons Icewind Dale tomorrow yeah and then after this episode comes out we'll have done our event zero for curse of straw dude i know which i am running for you and engineer dan and a bunch of friends yeah and so there's i feel like there's so much to talk
1: about there is so much to talk about so the week was fine it was actually really slow at work up until last night friday night Where we got completely murdered. We were down one person. And now we are short-staffed as it is anyway because it's COVID. And we don't know what's going to happen. And there's not a lot of money coming in. So, But we opened up our patio this week. And And it was nice on Friday night this week. It (laughs) was nice. I mean, it did get a little chilly once the sun went down. But people did not care. By 6.30, the entire inside of the restaurant was set. And the entire patio was set. We were down one person. So there's usually four people up front. One of them is a barback, and our barback couldn't come in.
0: No, what's a barback for non bar people?
1: The barback um, basically helps out the bar. They do the things uh, like washing glassware and sometimes running food and just kind of ultimately backing up the bartender cool. so that they can focus on service.
0: Cool. Awesome.
1: Yeah. We didn't have them. <laughs> right.
0: So you had to be like first cook and and kettle washer too.
1: Oh my, it was insane. <laughs> it was, so it was me and two other gals. And one of them is sort of trained on the bar. And the other one is just a server. But it got to a point where there's, like at this point we have 30 tables. We're not opening up the upstairs because we don't have the staff for it. Right. So we have 30 tables and that's all inside and outside included. Some of them are four tops. Some of them are six tops. Some of them are two tops. Most of them are on the bigger side, but it got so full so quickly that we got to a point where I told them to just send me service tickets. I would throw the drinks at them, run around bus tables, wash glassware as quickly as I could. We were all just running around with our eyes popping out of (laughs) our heads all night long. It was insane.
0: And, and i you didn't you you use the phrase just a server and i do want to clarify for our listeners at no point do either lindsay or i feel like anybody is quote unquote just a server no
1: no no it's just
0: they are not trained to also pour beers, make cocktails. Yes. So that's, <laughs> that's what I meant. So like at
1: this point in time, I am a bartender, but I am also a server because right. we don't have bar seating right, because you're trained to do both. Yes. And some
0: people in this particular establishment are only trained in one thing or the other. We're not We're not dissing or hating on servers in any way. No, not at all.
1: (laughs) Serving is hard. It's fucking
0: hard. It's the one job in a restaurant I never, ever, ever want to do. I would happily be a bartender, learn to be a bartender. I'm sure I would suck at it. I loved being a cook. I even liked being a dishwasher. I would never want to be a food runner or a server.
1: No. Just yeah. no. It's, <laughs> it's insane. It's hard. And I'm, I'm only just now after almost a year of having to serve, getting used to it and not <laughs> helicoptering the tables and <laughs> being like an absolute psycho. I'm getting better at it. I still don't like it. I still want to just be a bartender, but you got to do what you got to do, man. Yeah,
0: man. It's, you know,
1: it takes a a village sometimes. It takes like four people to make a restaurant run. Yeah, it was uh, just bananas. But we made good money. It was awesome. awesome. Um, And it was nice to be busy. That's nice. Yeah.
0: I was out today on a beautiful, gorgeous 73 degrees in Boston, sunny Saturday, and it was fucking busy everywhere. I went actually into Boston for the first time in over a year, and it was like it was like 2018. Like, like nothing was wrong except everybody had masks on. Yeah. Everything was so busy. I popped into one shop on my way to get my first dose of my vaccine. Woo. Um, and the, like that was the only point where I was like, Oh, cause there was markers on the floor of where you could and could not stand. And they were definitely like standing at the door with a greeter, having a clicker being like, okay, one in one out kind mm-hmm. of thing. And And that was a little bit weird, but it was also kind of nice just to see people out enjoying themselves, sitting on patios, eating brunch, shopping. Like on the one hand, I was like, oh, we're still in a pandemic. And on the other hand, I was like, man, I'm just so happy to see people being fucking happy and living their lives that I didn't really
1: care. (laughs) People being
0: people. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. I also enjoyed my my brief experience into the Van sneaker shop on Boylston Street nice. where they commented on my really fly, dope purple sneakers with the gum shoes. That Lindsay encouraged me to buy from the little <laughs> surf shop in Plum Island. Total tangent here. I haven't had like an outfit compliment outside of my friend circle in over a year because I don't go anywhere. They are <laughs> so. dope shoes. So it was really nice as a bit of a sneakerhead to have somebody like like acknowledge my footwear. And then they sort of helicoptered they helicoptered. That was a great like that was a great <laughs> phrase. Uh, while I walked around the store and I could hear them mumbling behind their masks, I think they thought I was a secret shopper. Oh, really? Yeah, because I—I I I went for shoelaces. That's the only thing I bought. <laughs> but I had on sneakers they didn't carry, and I had my shirt tucked in, and I happened to be wearing a Van's belt as well. Oh. And I—I I don't know. They like they just they were definitely like either, either they thought I was some sort of. Maybe secret shopper, or uh, I was going to steal something, but they were definitely up my ass <laughs> the entire
1: time. They probably just thought you were the coolest. Uh, well, I'm going to take that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> After a year of compliments from Lindsay, Dan, and my cats, I'm good. I'm good feeling. <laughs> feeling great <laughs> going out into public
1: <laughs> and be like, yes, acknowledge my sneakers. <laughs> I do feel really sad for you though that on your trip those new sneakers attacked your feet. Oh, <laughs> uh, <all> right. Okay. <laughs> You've got to mention it, dude. You have gummy ba- <laughs> gummy bears on your toes as Dan said.
0: Oh my god. So, I've been wearing these really gorgeous like Lakers purple gumshoed like low top whatever like classic Vans. They're great. They're canvas. And they're stiff as fuck. But I've been wearing around the house for like the last two weeks. And I thought maybe walking up and down the stairs was enough. I felt really great until about three quarters of the way to the Heinz Convention Center. So about mile three is where my feet started to hurt. (laughs) And then on the way back, I was like, no, I can tough this out. And I made it about a mile and a half back about well, maybe two miles back in the opposite direction towards home. And I was like, I got to call it. I have to get a ride. <laughs> <laughs> got home, took my shoes off. And yeah, you're right. The blisters on my pinky toes are fat, juicy and red. And they look like I've got cherry gummy bears stuck to my toes. I've got <laughs> blisters on my heels and on the balls of my feet and under my toes. Somehow. I don't like, they just wrecked my feet and I don't know why they did that so th- Thoroughly, I get the like, I get the toe rub, I get the heel rub,
1: but like also the balls of the feet and under my toes, the fuck shoes. <laughs> yeah, dude, they're fucked. You guys, she will not let Dan or I pop her blisters for her. No,
0: you're not supposed to pop a <laughs> blister.
1: <laughs> well, we pop ours, so whatever, I'm right, whatever. I'm a pimple popper, not a blister popper. <laughs> oh, I pop everything. If it's big and juicy, it's getting popped. Ew.
0: <laughs> ew, ew, ew. <laughs> oh my god maybe maybe when we're all done after like beer four I'll just like stick a foot in each direction you can each pop one yes <laughs> that's so gross that is the most gross friendship bonding experience I could think of <laughs> Right up there in like an equivalency to me is like hold my tampon, like just like ew, ew, you don't,
1: you know, one, you're gonna touch my feet, and two, like ew, blister popping, gross. Well, blister popping is cool, holding somebody's bloody ass used tampon. <laughs> I don't know if I'd do that. It's, it's just as gross to me. That's where we're at, just so you're aware. <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
0: Well. So so much has happened. <laughs> I realized at the end of the last recording, we didn't really share much about our cats last week. No, we did. We sort of we sort of chit chat a little bit, but we didn't uh, we didn't give a highlight. And it's been a while since we've heard from you, Lindsay, on on Batoots and Mister. And so I am I'm begging you, yeah, give us an update.
1: <clears throat> I have a little story. It does include the dog, no, but. I mean, he's he's a good boy. He's just, you know, he has a little anxiety and he's a little overly friendly. So this morning, Brian had to take Mr. to the vet. It was a follow-up appointment for some, like, renal testing uh, from his annual in September. He's he's nine years old now and they saw something weird and he's always kind of had some, like, issues with his urine. So they just wanted to do some follow-up testing. So he puts him in the cat carrier Walks out the door, takes him to the vet. The dog starts crying. Aww. So I'm thinking, and I'm, I'm like, it's probably around 11.15 this morning. I was still kind of sleeping, but I woke up. And I'm hearing the dog crying, and I'm like, why is he doing that? What is going on? And I was like, oh yeah, Brian took Mr. to the vet. Mr. and the dog are not friends, like at all. They both hate each other. The dog thinks that he needs to protect me from Mr. So
0: there's no, there's no like cat dog snugs.
1: No, <laughs> not between those two. The dog and pterodactyl are best friends, but Mr. does not like the dog. The dog does not like Mr. They tolerate each other.
0: Well, clearly, because you do live in an apartment. Yeah. So yeah, they're both alive and thriving. So there's definitely some sort of boundaries
1: there. yeah. But. So I'm like, okay, he can't be crying because Mr. got taken away in a carrier. Like, there's no way. And it dawned on me, I was like, oh my God, he's crying because he knows Mr. went to the vet and he wants to go to the vet because he loves going to the vet. Your dog is an idiot. He is such an idiot. He I mean, cried <laughs> until they got home. I, I For the record... I love Argos. I think he's a great,
0: <laughs> silly, stupid boy. <laughs> he's a he is a good dog,
1: but he's still a dumb dog. <laughs> it's so dumb. I was like, "You've got to be fucking kidding me! You are crying because you're not at the vet right now. Give me a break." Did they give him, like, a fucking lollipop at the end? Like, why does Argos like the vet so much? He just (laughs) likes people. He just likes, (laughs) you know, seeing people. He gets really excited. He loves having friends. He loves going there. They do give him treats there. And they're nice (laughs) to him. So he he gets really excited about going. It's his (laughs) second favorite place next to the dog park.
0: Well, that's that's adorable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course, we all hope that that Mister's blood work comes back totally fine. And yes, <laughs> and yes. N- and no old age kitty issues. But you know,
1: cats yeah. get older,
0: and and you know and their bodies change. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: what was also supposed to be a half hour, up to a half hour visit of him in there getting his blood work turned into only eight minutes because. He was such a good boy. Oh, Mister is the best boy. Yeah. <laughs> he just like kind of sits there and he's like, "All right, do it, good,
0: <laughs> How you trained your animals to be so appreciative of veterinarians? I blows my mind. <laughs> I, I did not intend
1: to. They just, you know, <laughs> they were just so chill about it. They are. They're like, whatever, do it. <laughs>
0: Well, shit. (laughs) Dogs are dumb, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But so good.
0: (laughs) Well, our candle is lit. We've recapped a week. We've talked about our cat and dog. And dog. Yeah. I think it's time for a break. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Yeah. And then when we come back, we'll talk all about German coffee carts.
1: Dude, we totally will. See you in a second, which is. Welcome back. Oh, thanks, dude. Okay. We
0: are going to talk about German coffee carts. Heck yeah, we are. And I think before we get into the sort of meat and potatoes or potatoes and potatoes, if you're a vegetarian, uh, carrots and potatoes, (laughs) before we get to the carrots and potatoes of German (laughs) coffee cards, there's a couple of things that are going to get referenced, I think, throughout this episode, we want to recap. Yeah. So the first one is cartomancy. This is essentially an episode about cartomancy with using a very specific deck of cards. Cartomancy is fortune telling or divination using a deck of cards. The difference there is fortune telling draws the inspiration from the cards themselves or the reader. Divination believes that you draw an inspiration or a meaning or a story or whatever from a higher power and, and a celestial being kind of thing. So
1: in this case, for Lindsay and I, it is cartomancy and it is fortune telling. It sure is. And we talked about this quite a bit previously. Yes.
0: So as mentioned, uh, episode 39 is an extensive episode on Lenormand deck. And we're going to reference that deck in conjunction with the coffee cards because we mentioned coffee cards in the Lenormand deck episode. We did. And the two decks are rather similar very similar. Yeah. And so essentially, we'll get more into this, but German coffee cards predate the Lenormand deck and are kind of seen as maybe the like the inspiration for them. But if you're wondering what the fuck is a Lenormand deck, it's a deck of 36 fortune telling cards that was created in Germany, but not until like 1846, and it's based on um, a sort of a multi-purpose game from this like uh, German dude uh, named Hetchel in Nuremberg in 1799. Long story short, there was a very famous fortune teller. Yeah, and the uh, her name was Madame Lenormand, and she had her own little deck of cards. And basically, this Hetchel guy took his version. And her version smooshed them together and drew inspiration from both and German coffee cards to create his petite Lenormand deck. Lenormand cards.
1: It's going to come up. If you
0: really want to know more about them, go listen to episode 39.
1: Yeah. We went into them in, you know, substantial detail, right. I think, back then. Yeah.
0: yeah. But because there's so much, like, sort of overlap between these two different decks, I've figured, you know, worth worth sharing. What this is in case you're, you know maybe you're lazy and you don't want to listen to episode 39. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna call them German coffee cards. But right off the top, there's multiple names for these cards that they may be known by. So um it is what are German coffee cards? It's a deck of 32 cards, not 36, so 32 fortune-telling cards that are basically the forerunner for both the uh, Spiel de Hanfung something German that I can't pronounce, that Hatchel guy's cards, <laughs> and the Little Norman cards. Yeah. But they are also known as both German coffee cards, their formal title, Les Amusements de Elmond, German Amusements, the div- Diversions of the Court of Vienna, or Vienna coffee cards. Yeah. I kind of like Vienna coffee cards. I'm not going to lie. We're going to call them German coffee cards, but I don't know. There's something kind of makes me think of the like
1: Billy Joel song. I really like the diversions of the court of Vienna. (laughs) It it makes me giggle.
0: It's so (laughs) over the top. (laughs) (laughs) So these are very old cards and nobody's a hundred percent sure like, where these cards came from, what their original, like, who was the first one to publish them. There's no clear cut. This was the first. We have various records that refer to different coffee readings and coffee card readings as far back as 1730. And so the 1730 reference is from a British play. And it's called Jack of the Giant Killer. And it basically references a multi-card layout and a fortune-telling reading. Cool. Yeah. And it references various cards that are a crossover that are included in both the German coffee cards and the Lenormand deck. So it mentions the cross card, the bird, mountain, ring, horse, tree, fish, clouds, all different cards. And I want to to share a little summary of how this goes because it's kind of a fun play I don't I didn't read the whole thing but the fortune-telling bits and there's more than one so I've just picked a particular scene that I really thought was cool and this is a Veronica Ronnie version of very much (laughs) snippet because it is long and it was written in the 1700s so it is very beautiful and Shakespearean and poetic and it has words that don't mean anything anymore (laughs) this is our version (laughs) So you have this scene, and there are three women and four giants around a table. And on this table, there are coffee cups. The giants are the one turning the cups, and the women are looking into them as a source of inspiration. And this is sort of where it all starts. Oh, neato. So the first woman says, I see gallows in this cup. That must be for the traders to be sure. Here are small crosses indeed, but you stand above them. S- which means that the signif- the signifying card in this case is above the crosses. The second woman says, here's a cock crowing in this that bestokes good news. So a crow, or sorry, a, a male rooster crowing, <laughs> cawing, good news, heralding good news one of the giants, to Gourmilion. You stand on a huge high mountain with several people about you who seem to beg something. I see a ring, my lord. Always a ring. Over a fine lady's head, she sits by the seaside. She must be some foreign princess. And Blunderbore declares, a divided house, my lord. You'll be divorced from your lady. But Gilgantus, also giant, You'll be married, my lord, to the great fortune you have courted so long. It goes on and on and rattles on and prattles on about rivers and ponds full of fish. and Essentially says, you'll be a happy man. And lately, I believe, though she didn't treat him kindly, now she has reversed. There was a little cloud between you, but will all be cleared soon. Oh, cool. So. I like that. Yeah, I, I like the reference to not just the, the reading of cups and coffee grounds in this case, but it goes on to further in other scenes declare that these are also interpreted with various cards. And so they're sort of playing this like coffee ground fortune telling card reading thing between between the fortune telling women and the giants around the table. And this is in 1730, well before it is more commonly referenced or more thoroughly documented in 1796 with a book that was found in the British Museum entitled Les amusements de Monde.
1: so this is the actual book that the cards appeared in right and this was found well after the fact <laughs> basically somebody was like looking
0: through old shit in the British
1: Museum was like oh
0: did anybody notice that this references a deck of cards that nobody's ever heard of? Right, (laughs) right, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) And it's very similar to, because of the references of the types of like clouds and birds and that sort of stuff. It's very similar in meaning to not only what this Almond deck, the German deck references, but also the Lenormand deck. And so that's sort of where people think maybe even before this English book that was created in 1796. This was something that was being used and and documented
1: in some way as m- much as 60 years before. Yeah. Super fucking cool, dude. Now, the book has a longer, a much, much longer name, which we did reference in our Lenormand ep- episode. But <laughs> the full title of the book Do is Amusements des Allemands. Or The Diversions of the Court of Vienna, in which the mystery of fortune-telling from the grounds of the coffee cup is unraveled, and Three Pleasant Games. And those pleasant games are
0: fortune-telling from the grounds of the coffee cup, (laughs) fortune-telling by laying out the cards, the new imperial game of numbers are invented, now, that game is a game that we played
1: and referenced uh, with the Lenormand Deck episode. Yeah. So, we're not going to cover that one.
0: No. But we're going to cover the other two. Yeah.
1: Totally, dude. Totally. So, th- the book is based on an Austro-German set of cards from 1794. And the introduction to this book actually states... These entertaining games first made their appearance at Vienna in 1794, where they still are the favorite amusement of the Empress of Germany and of the Imperial Court. They have since been diffused through all the fashionable circles in that country. All of them. (laughs) The editor, therefore, has to hope that in a country where the liberality and curious discernment of its inhabitants is so conspicuous as that of Britain, They will not be held in less estimation. I feel like this is a book that was written like
0: almost as a gift to English folks where they're like, "Okay, so we find this really cool in our past circles. We use this really long titled deck of cards to have fun. Yeah. And we hope you feel the same because in our society, it is all the rage. So therefore, it must be such in your society as well. (laughs) It's a very, I, I don't know. I feel like there's a little like, don't think less of us. Cause we fucking yeah. play with cards. <laughs> no,
1: no, it, it definitely feels like that, but it also feels like a kind of like a, we do this better than you. <laughs> a
0: little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and so this descriptor in the book goes on at great length and you can actually find the full passage, uh, at the Be- uh, British museum website. And, You know, basically it is, you can go see it uh, when it is in circulation or on display. Um, And it's a a small little book. It's got, uh, you know, various descriptions of the cards, but essentially it goes on to describe uh, various cards. So 32 bound cards that have various designs of character. So each individual card has an individual sort of image on it. And below the image is a little moral, um, a little moral saying. That guides the meaning of the card. Now, in all of this description, one thing that is mentioned a couple of times is this Viennese Empress.
1: Yeah, dude. So, do you have any idea who that was?
0: (laughs) So, I read a couple of different articles that basically all said very similar things. Okay. And that there was probably referencing a woman named Maria Teresa of Naples and Sicily, who was alive from 1772 to 1807, the last of the Holy Roman Empresses, first Empress of Austria and mother of nine. Holy shamoles. <laughs> <laughs> so she was basically like the Empress at court of like in that particular time uh-huh. and was the one who would make things fashionable. But... She was a bit of a tart. Was she? (laughs) So there's a description that goes sort of hand in hand with this little booklet. And I would love to read it in full. Oh, yeah. Because it is quite the description. (laughs) She was described as so jealous that she does not allow him, the emperor, To take part in social life or meet other women, vicious tongues accuse her of being so passionate that she exhausts her consort, never leaves him alone for even a moment. She doesn't want other people, like, getting with her man.
1: Oh, well, that's, I mean, it's a a crazy.
0: To a very obsessive degree. Although the people of Vienna cannot deny that she is gifted, charitable, and carries herself beautifully, she is disliked for her intolerance and forcing of the emperor to live isolated from everyone else. She is also accused of interesting herself in unimportant matters and socializing exclusively with her lady companions. With them, she spends her evening singing, acting out comedies, and being applauded. Well, it sounds like she had fun, at least. It sounds like she has a fuckboy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with whom nobody else can hang out. <laughs> and she makes the decisions. Poor guy. Fuck. It's such like scandalous and scathing review from like the, the late 1700s that I, it just made me chuckle. So that's like essentially the historical reference of these cards. Now in this book in the British Museum, the good thing is, is that the book also has images of all the fucking cards. Yeah, it does. So it's got all the cards and all their meanings. You know what it doesn't have? What? How to fucking use them. <laughs> yeah, which we'll get to
1: shortly. Yeah, we will because
0: we're gonna we're gonna give it a we're gonna give it a go. <laughs> but we wanted to sort of bring it back to the coffee grounds thing. Like we've got the cards. Why the fuck are they called coffee ground cards? Yeah,
1: why are they called coffee ground cards? So the thought here
0: is that the diversions of the court of Vienna are coffee ground cards. Are designed to correlate with both numerali and divination with coffee grounds.
1: Numerology. N- what did I say? Numerali. Numerology. That's what I meant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I can't type.
1: <laughs> so. so <laughs> no, you typed numerology. <laughs> I
0: can't read. <laughs> because believe it or not, we do actually make notes.
1: <laughs>
0: so, the essentially, at this point in time in Vienna, it was super popular to do coffee ground readings and tea leaf readings. Coffee was, like, super popular. It wasn't popular previous to this. This was a new in thing, and it was mostly Turkish coffee, which is very different than, like, Throw it in your Mr. Coffee coffee maker and percolate it. This is a essentially a fancy pour over coffee. So how do the grounds end up in there then? So you put the you take a white cup uh-huh. if you're especially specifically if you're gonna do a reading, you take a white cup and put the coffee grounds in the bottom. So Turkish coffee has like the grounds are in with the coffee. Oh. And usually it's in its own little carafe and you're pouring out, but the grounds are still like sort of in there, they're not filtered out and it's a special grind and it's a whole thing and it's delicious. But for doing a reading, the grounds are in the bottom of the cup or in the bottom of the carafe in which you've made the coffee. So the grounds are like, they're part of the coffee. They settle, you'll have to let it sit and they all sink to the bottom and then you sip your coffee, which is very strong and very delicious. Okay. And And the grounds are very fine. So it forms a sort of sludge mud at the bottom of the cup. And, you know, basically, you've got your coffee with the sludge at the bottom. You sip your coffee until the all that's left is that sludge. Then you take the saucer because this is when coffee cups weren't a big handled mug. They were like a teacup. And they had a little saucer that came with them. And you put the saucer on top flipped it over, lifted the cup off. All you've got is the sludge. Now, there's two different ways to think about this, is that you can read both what's in the saucer and what's in the cup. That's
1: a whole other episode, which oh, we will do. Oh, Okay. I always thought that it was like a reading what's left in the cup sort of thing.
0: So it's a little bit of both, but you there is an inversion there where you're like not just reading what's left in the bottom, but you're causing a cascade of like almost like legs and wine where you're like moving the grounds around. Right. And maybe like asking it a specific question. And you've like, you've sipped all the coffee out of it. So it's drawn in your energy. If you're like into that kind of thing. And, and then you read, essentially interpret both the pattern that the grounds have made on the saucer And the pattern that the grounds have left inside the coffee cup, specifically and especially inside the cup. That's where most of the power is. And there's lots of different patterns and shapes that will come out of this. And basically with each pattern or shape, the reader interprets the meaning based on both what it looks like and where it is in the cup. So if it's more towards the bottom or base of the cup, it'll have a slightly different meaning than if it's towards the lip of the cup. If you're holding it on its side and looking in, there's like this whole like X pattern. Again, whole other episode on just reading tea and coffee grounds. But essentially, this was a really, really popular thing to do, was to hang out at coffee houses with the intellectuals, sip your coffee,
1: turn your cup upside down, and do your coffee ground reading. Oh, neato. So it's like kind of like an inkblot test, right? Very,
0: very much like an inkblot test <laughs> where like,
1: you can get any sort of random pattern.
0: Cool. But the thought is that pattern is
1: unique to you and will tell your fortune. So then the cards correlate to the patterns that are seen in the grounds, I Ab- imagine. Yes,
0: exactly. Absolutely. So this was so popular that people began making lists of commonalities and because humans are just innately drawn to patterns they're going to be like well that looks like all those little like speckles that are off to the side those are stars and this one that like is kind of shaped like a lion yeah lions are a thing lion (laughs) and this one that looks like an anchor yeah I also saw an anchor and so they made like there's like various lists of dashes, dots, speckles, short grounds, long grounds, trails, no trails, clumps, different clumps, different shapes, different patterns. If you want to look at the grounds and say, it looks like a swallow, there like a meaning for that. And so they began to like write it down. And the thought is the more common ones, they actually like were so common in these lists and passed from like person to person that it, be- it just became this sort of common tongue of... Well, the coffee grounds, like the Vienna coffee grounds say anchors mean this, books mean that, keys mean this kind of thing. And so they came up with a list of common sites in the grounds, put them on cards, and then you could do it without the coffee. So you could do it with the coffee, but you could also... Do it on just the cards. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. I love it. So, there's, I will say, there's no proof of this, (laughs) but this is the common sort of thread of thought of why are they called coffee cards? And in relation to reading them with the grounds, this makes a lot of sense.
1: Well, you know what we have to do now, right? Well, I think we
0: have to read some cards. Yeah, I think we have to try to read these cards. All right. Well, why don't we take a quick little break, set ourselves up, come back, and we'll do a live reading for everyone. Yeah. I can't wait. I I actually have a question for the cards.
1: Oh, (laughs) oh, oh, okay. Fun. Fun, fun, fun. Awesome. Back so soon, witches. (laughs) is out kind of how to read these cards yeah we're just going to kind
0: of go Lenormand with it yes because again we searched high and low and we were not able to find a like precise description of a layout for the cards or a deeper interpretation of each card so we have a copy of the cards which are basically uh, an an Etsy store printout of the original images of the German coffee cards, but they didn't come with a description of how to use them. (laughs) So that's a little frustrating due to their closeness with Lenormand. We're just going to go with that.
1: Yeah. Much of the imagery is very much the same as Lenormand. Not all of it, but a lot of it is most of it is. So we're just going to do a, uh, a two-card Lenormand spread to make it easy on us, and hopefully we get the the like Lenormand adjacent cards in this spread. So, Ronnie, yes, you got to ask a question. You okay, don't, you don't have to tell it to the class if you don't want to. <laughs> um, I will
0: because I think in this particular instance, it's more interesting if you know what I'm thinking about. So, I have a new career opportunity uh, that is still very much in the same vein of what I do, but it's just, it's a new opportunity. And I don't know if it's something that I want to pursue or not. And so that's very much something I am thinking about at the moment. Okay. Is what direction to maybe take my
1: career path. Okay. All right, cool. So I'm going to, I'm going to like shuffle these cards. Okay. Um, And while I'm sitting here shuffling them, I did a Lenormand reading for myself a little while ago. I guess like when we got the Lenormand cards and so we maybe were doing a year it. Ago. <laughs> yeah, it was probably like a year ago I did a spread for myself and I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was very direct to me. So I'm interested to see if this does a very similar thing for you or not.
0: Right, because these cards also have written on them a little verse, but I think that's just one of those things like these cards are meant to be not necessarily interpreted literally, but are supposed to be very direct. So, I am also curious. It'd be nice if the cards could just tell me what to do.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs>
0: no pressure, Lindsay.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I've shuffled them. I have cut them. Now I'm going to draw a couple. So, in a in a two-card Lenormand spread, the first card is the subject. Okay. And the second card is the modifier. So, let's see what we get. Okay? Okay. All right. Hang on. All right. So... I- <laughs> Yay! Nervous <laughs> giggle. <laughs> so I laid them down, and the first card, or the subject, is the rider. Okay. Okay. It's it's card number twenty in the coffee cards, and there's this picture, and it depicts this. It looks like a man wearing a hat, and he has this, uh, like a you know, the stick whip things. Yes, that they, a riding crop. A riding crop in his hand. And he's on top of this horse and his head is the same size as the (laughs) horse's head. Artistic interpretation. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, he looks maybe about the same size as the horse, but either way, it's a really nice, uh, looks kind of like an ink drawing. And underneath the picture, it says, despair not of men's goodness, for you shall have unexpected proof of it. You may expect news and restitutions of that which you thought lost. So we have the writer as the subject. And when the writer appears in a Norman spread, it usually means that something's coming your way. Mm. So you should probably prepare for it if you haven't prepared already. But it means that something's gonna happen, whether it's like, you know, a burst of activity or a big change. Uh, you're gonna be filled with a bunch of energy, perhaps. Oh that'd be nice. Yeah, well, like, I mean it could be it, it well, might let's not just say it might not be like physical energy.
0: <laughs> Don't dash my hopes. <laughs>
1: but like keywords for this card are energy, passion, speed, activity, news and messages. Ooh. Yeah. that's kind of cool. Sweet. The second card in the spread is the woman. That's me. It very much could be you. (laughs) Sorry, I was just just playing. (laughs) All right. (laughs) It very much could be you. So the modifier uh, is the woman. This is card number 18. Uh, So we have on the card drawn a woman with a hat, and she's wearing a dress, and she has a fan in her right hand. And it's like, I don't know if my eyes are seeing this right. I like that they're both wearing hats. I think she's holding flowers in her left hand. Okay. My eyes can't really see it. It's not a super great drawing, but it's pretty anyway. And underneath the woman, it says, gratify your partiality to the fair sex, but never offend decency.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like... The advice at the end of the episode is to never offend decency when we started the episode with, do you want to pop my toe blister? I know, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we so classy. <laughs> uh, so the woman in this spread, it could me, it could be you. It could mean a new woman is going to come into your life. It could mean that you get uh, a, a visit by somebody or Ooh. something. Um If I'm reading this the way that it's meant to be read, what I'm seeing is that something's going to change, and something's going to change, and it could be big, and it could be you that it's talking about, or it could mean that somebody is going to come into your life that's going to change it.
0: Ooh, I like both those things. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll wait and see what happens. Yeah. That's I, I, I appreciate the reading first of all and foremost thank you You're welcome. because I don't get my cards read very often so I appreciate <laughs> it uh, and yeah I I dig it man I like these little coffee cards and I immediately want to if we weren't already uh, drinking some ice cold high lifes I would totally have paired this with a coffee card reading or with a coffee ground reading rather and see if like
1: the grounds add to the cards. But it's too fucking hot for coffee. It is too hot for coffee. And honestly, I'd rather get some wine that has a bunch of, like, must in it and just, like, do it with wine must.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll do a whole episode on coffee and tea readings in the future. I I feel very shortly because definitely inspired by the German coffee cards. But, yeah, this was fun. I like that we... We talked about these as this like, well, out there is this deck and we actually managed to find one less than a year later and and be able to dive into them and play with them as well. I want to just collect all the cool, old, obscure Dude, decks at this I point. Dude, I know. They're so fun. They're so fun. It's and I like their relation awesome. to each other. I like the art. I like their ridiculous little sayings.
1: <laughs> and I like that sometimes I'm like, oh, all right. Well, let me think about that. Yeah. It's weird. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Ooh, you know what else we can do? What? We can fresh squeeze limes and use the pulp from the lime juice in our margaritas to do a pulp reading.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll form our own pulp reading guide in the future. But before we end today's episode, yeah. I want to talk about
1: a Pussy of the Week! Pussy of the Week! Pussy of the Week. Pussy, of the, Week.
0: Pussy of the Week! So I want to give a shout out to Moose. Who's Moose? Moose. Is an Army Reserve individual. I don't understand Army Reserve ranks, so I have no idea (laughs) (laughs) what her rank was, but she gave me my shot today. Oh. And I wanted to, regardless of your feelings on the Army or Army Reserves or whatever, I had a moment to chat with my vaccine giver today, and she was a delightful human who is an Army Reserve member, came all the way from Virginia to help here in Massachusetts and was just the most positive, delightful, happy-to-help individual. And I really just wanted to give her a Pussy of the Week shout-out. Thank you for for giving up your time, working 16-hour days, coming all the way to Massachusetts to be part of something bigger than yourself. And to help us out, and and draw little smiley faces on band aids, and I hope that when you self proclaimed, go back to the hotel later, check out Instagram to see if anybody tagged you in their in their Instagram shots of their band aids that you see shot by the moose, because we really appreciate <laughs> your efforts.
1: That's so awesome, moose, you rule. We like. You. now everyone go get vaccinated yeah
0: and remember fuck pervs fuck nazis none of any of them and we'll see you next week yeah
1: totally